It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Wow, it's another Friday. It has sneaked up on us this morning. It is May the 5th and no doubt another busy week at your place. And coming up this morning, now we're going to be talking about houses versus units in the Sydney market. It's one of those water cooler topics of conversations in terms of what is likely to be the best outcome, particularly long term. And Arjun Paliwell is back. He is the head of research at Investigate Buyers Agency to discuss all of this. And the last time that we spoke to you, you were in Miami following the UFC fight. I've always followed boxing myself and did a little bit of it when I was younger, but UFC, it's pretty brutal, menacing, and pretty wild to watch. Did you get the right outcome when you went all that way to Miami? I I did get the right outcome. So a few things. Number one is I actually was seeing one of my favorite fighters of all time, Israel Adesanya. And uh, number two is uh, not many know, but uh, I am a Kiwi who moved over to Australia, what, 12 years ago now. And Adesanya is a Kiwi fighter. So it was very special to have all of that come together and tick off a bucket list item and have an experience where I could see many fighters backstage and catch up and watch the event with some pretty cool seats. So instead of the experience of going there all the time, I had uh, to make it up with one really solid experience of seeing it in that fashion. Is he rated number one now? I I know that he won something the other day too, or was that the fight that you were watching? Yeah, that actually was the fight I was watching. So he won his middleweight championship belt back and uh, he's definitely up there with uh, some of the greatest of all time. All right, so we will catch up with Arjun. More to talk about regarding units and houses in just a moment. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. Properties then got to the point where the price of them was starting to get out of reach of the average income earner. And suddenly we saw a lot less buyers in the market. Like I jump in my car and if I get the red light, it'll take me 90 seconds to get to work. Where can you do that in a capital city? You can walk from your home to one of the best features in the world. Certainly for people that may be considering a move from the cities, Mackay is quite blessed to have a very low unemployment rate, a nice wide range of job opportunities on offer. We've got the ocean, whether you want surf or um, main beach where it's quieter. Every possible natural asset makes this an incredible place to live. We unpack all the important stuff so you're better informed. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Well, don't forget we've got Mortgage Talk for your Saturday morning. It is back again tomorrow and we're going to be talking with Anthony Landau about the rising rates, which were, of course, inflicted again on Tuesday, and also about that all-important cost of living and how that is squeezing mortgage holders. If you're celebrating your birthday for today, for May the the 5th for 2023. Happy birthday to you. I hope you have something specially planned. You are sharing your birthday with Adele, the English singer. She is turning 33 and the actor Henry Cavill is turning 39 and George Griffin.
Regan, the Aussie former rugby union halfback. He is turning, well, he's turning 5-0, the big 50 for George today. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, let's check on your weather on this Friday morning. And first we go to Sydney, expecting sunny skies, a high of 22 degrees. In Melbourne, rain in the afternoon expected, and that temperature just 18. In Brisbane, should be a mainly fine Friday for you with 25. And in Perth, expecting, what else, sunshine and 24. Every morning from 6am across Australia... We deliver you the latest property news, commentary and predictions from Perth to Cairns and from Melbourne to Brisbane, seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Podcast. And this morning we are discussing the popular topic of houses versus units among property investors and with rising costs and large price variances, many are doing this whole arguing that houses are becoming out of reach in many parts of different cities, especially like a Sydney. And back with us is Arjun Paliwell. He's the head of research at Investicate. And Arjun, whilst not perfect in outcome all of the time, when it comes to the future, many often look to the past. What does the past say about data for houses versus units in the Sydney market? Well, the past shows a very, very clear picture. And what I'm going to give is a 30-year picture because we all have different measurements of what's long-term, 5, 10, 15, 20. But if we're buying, say, a property in our 30s, whether it be the first or subsequent, and we're aiming for retirement age, then the 30 is the sweet spot, even in our 40s. So that 30-year milestone is probably one of the more important milestones in terms of real estate investing. And the data is clear. It shows over 500% in gains as per quarter logic for houses over that 30-year period, where it's over 340% for units. So that's a vast difference in outperformance, which clearly shows houses have been the winners, not just for the short term, but clearly over the long term. And has there been a moment where those two positions at any stage have switched around? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. So there was moments and the two moments that come up were in the pandemic period where the unit prices and the house prices as fundamentals shifted, that gap closed up a little bit. But the main period that I would say that you could see a clear difference was going back between 2002 to 2012. During that 10-year period, units in Sydney actually outperformed houses, which is interesting. Just at a macro level, they outperformed by 5% over that same timeline, which is not a huge amount of outperformance because overall growth in Sydney was weak for both houses and units, but it's just that slight bit weaker for houses during that time period. And uh, growth is one reason, in your opinion, of why Sydney investors should really stick with houses. But are there any differences in rental outcomes for investors between the two? There is. And this is where many investors consider units as their preferred option when investing in Sydney because the typical thing they're looking for going into units is better rental yields. And currently rental yields in units in Sydney hover around that 4% or 4.1 depending on which area. Uh, Some in the threes, but that sort of midpoint is four. And then for houses, they're pretty weak and they're about 2.8% and some even lower. So that rental variance is what attracts many people to units, but this is where many people make a common mistake. 
units need to be considered with net yields because they do carry expenses that are pretty large in nature, body corporate, strata, and so forth. And the other thing as well is that in units, we do tend to see that there can be huge shifts in vacancy rates with a lot of investors owning them. So as a result, you might think the yields are good, but they might not see the growth due to higher vacancy rates in certain areas. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. And beside prices and rents, are there any other variables investors should consider when deciding between a house and a unit in the Sydney market? Yes, Sydney hasn't been favourable for units in recent years outside of price and rents for one other component, and that is our repairs, maintenance, and so forth. So right now, there has been, I'd say over the last five to seven year stretch, a big amount of stories coming out one after the other of developers just taking too many shortcuts. And it's not like your typical house where you might go, okay, I'll get a handyman over to fix this or patch this up, or maybe we might redo the section with the builder and it might be manageable. I'm talking millions of dollars on large structural defects on multi-story buildings that people aren't able to recoup or are now scared to sell because people are aware in buying time that that's not the right building to purchase. So it is creating a lot of anxiety amongst certain unit owners and people in terms of their credibility when buying certain units or selling them. And so I feel outside of just the price and rent, there is that component of structure and that's becoming a big question mark in many parts of units in Sydney. One other thing to mention as well is that the majority of units are owned by investors. And so when you see a high proportion of investors, you do see that the buying and selling is largely for that purpose, being rental properties. So I don't think there's a huge amount of that owner-occupier appeal as many of these are built out. And even the ones that do come in with owner-occupier appeal are starting to have a lot of extra bells and whistles that don't come in cheap, especially with high body corporates and strata as well. Yeah, you talk about the the high-rise defects. Unfortunately, that is something over recent years that has been a real talking point. It's been in the media, so it's not surprising that people sort of feel a little bit nervous in that space. And perhaps they're looking at smaller units, you know, without that height factor for a bit of security. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, those smaller, more boutique blocks with less bells and whistles and have actually been tried and tested for many decades, that does offer a better result in comparison to the mass market of units that are out there. So that's definitely a good point. And just lastly, with the current data on hand, has your outlook on the whole houses versus units debate changed? Very interesting point. Many people would expect me to say yes because of how wide the gap is on pricing, being houses so much further ahead than units. I'm of the opinion that No, my point has not changed. I still see houses in Australia as the superior option and especially in Sydney. And the reason why is that Sydney is about to, and if not already, starting to see a wave of institutional money. And we're going to see large amounts of projects bigger than we've ever seen before in the unit space over the next decade. I'm talking about 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 plus unit block projects in the build to rent scheme. So this is in summary, institutional money, third party money from across the globe coming in to build and construct units for the purpose of rent rather than selling each individual one. And as we know, supply is a killer of capital growth and supply is also a killer of rental growth. And so as a result, yes, the short term, we need that. But as time goes on, we'll be having a lot of units come into the market that are built for the purpose of how many can I cram in there 
to get the most rental properties using institutional money. And that to me just sees like a whole bunch of supply, which is why units have been inferior in growth as the component of supply is not a factor that you can control because there's a saying you can go up in the sky. And so as a result, that thing is what has kept prices subdued in terms of their growth in comparison to houses. And whereas an investor, I'd focus on houses moving forward. Well, it's an interesting debate, houses versus units. Arjun, thanks again for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. Enjoy your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend and talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Take care. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 